Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realize a culture of inclusion for all. Gallup defines engaged employees as those who are involved in, enthusiastic about and committed to their work and their workplace. Employee engagement is the key workplace measure due to all the benefits that you get from high levels of engagement. Research supports a number of different benefits from increased engagement. As an employee, you're looking for increased safety at work, you're looking to be happier, more satisfied with the kind of work you're doing and the quality of the work you produce, having a better work life and being inspired to be at work. As an organization, you want to reduce absenteeism, you want to increase your retention, you want your employees to be more loyal, provide better service and higher quality output uh, so that you can increase profitability and share price and increasingly also improve your social and governance elements and the environment in which people work. Gallup's research, however, found that managers are responsible for 70% of the variance in employee engagement scores and that only 16% on average of employees around the world experience being engaged with a variance from 5% to 25% depending on the country. So we at Belonging Pioneers firmly believe that increasing equity at work will enable better environmental social governance. And the source of that is human to human connection. So we're delighted to welcome to our podcast today, Alessa Regal. Uh, we've known Alessa for a really long time and she is currently looking at ESG and human to human connection at New Look. So we're thrilled that she's going to be sharing with you some of her practical experiences, insights and how to's on this podcast today. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast, a podcast by Belonging Pioneers and Culture Lab Consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our diversity, equity, and inclusion goals at work. This is where we erupt the constraining impact of privilege and explore new possibilities in the context of shared power and purpose with all our colleagues. And this is where we explore and test out ideas with amazing guests who have done or who are doing the work. 
We're thrilled and excited also that you are enjoying our podcasts and getting value from it and that we have been at number one in the search term privilege for podcasts on Spotify since March. We would love you to remember to review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube or wherever you're listening to your favorite podcast. It makes a big difference. Also, please send us your thoughts, your questions, your reflections. Reach out to our team using the links in the description. Tell us what you like or dislike or would like to see more of. We would really appreciate your feedback and also to know what you would like us to talk about next. Welcome back to the Privilege Eruption podcast with your host, Cami and Ishreen. Wow. So this episode kicks off our social justice season where we're talking to a range of guests from different perspectives. We'll be talking about intentional inclusion, the importance of belonging. We'll talk about structural and systemic privilege. And today, I'm really excited to begin the season with talking about human-to-human equity. And human-to-human equity, it might might not be a term that you're familiar with, but it's if you just think about it from the point of view of we are people, we're human beings, and you know we create connections between each other at any point in time when we interact or act with one another. We create human-to-human interactions. So human-to-human equity is something I want to explore today with you. And we're going to do this particularly within the context of ESG. And if you don't know what ESG is, it means and it stands for Environment Social Governance. And these are principles that our leaders, our organizations um, should actually be thinking about and not just thinking about acting on, have action plans and actually be monitoring and reporting in a meaningful way against those principles. So for us to explore this conversation a bit more today, I'm really pleased to to introduce my guest. My guest is Alessa Rigal. I'm just going to introduce Alessa um, and, um, you know, who she is and give you a bit of a flavor of of her experience and background. And then we're going to dive into the conversation. So Alessa is a business and human rights professional. I actually met her just a few years ago. Um, and we had a conversation a couple of years ago about human rights in, 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 in at work, basically, in the context of culture. She's actually worked across NGOs and the private sector for the last 14 years. She's originally from San Fran- Francisco. She started her career working with asylum seekers and refugees arri- arriving to Glasgow, evolving into a focused career with labour rights and sustainability. She has worked across stakeholder groups within both apparel and textiles and agriculture um, sectors focused on the needs of vulnerable worker groups. And having had the opportunity to work within NGOs, a service provider, an international supplier, and most recently a brand, those experiences have really created insights from different perspectives and the importance of adapting messaging to facilitate change. She's always had a humanitarian-centered approach in her personal and professional life and is driven by making an impact. Alessa, welcome. Thanks very much for having me. It's so great to have you here. Really good to um, you know, be able to welcome you back to a conversation. I'm really excited about this because um, it feels like we're evolving that conversation. So I think let's um, let's dive straight in, right? So uh, let's start with tell us a bit about yourself and what human to human connection means for you. 
Sure, no problem. Uh, so as as Cami mentioned, I'm Californian by birth, but grew up in a multicultural household. My mom's from Peru and my dad's from France. I moved to the UK in 2008 after I finished university and haven't really looked back since. 14 years on, I consider the UK to be home. Human to human connection to me means remembering people are at the center. We all have different perspectives, circumstances, views, but ultimately we're connected by each other. And acknowledging that whilst we're all the same species, I think our positions of privilege, no matter what they are, always going to bring that element of difference. That said, acknowledging those differences and taking accountability and responsibility are what's needed to really adapt so that each voice can be heard amongst that kind of wider human to human connection. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So having those different perspectives because of our different circumstances, I suppose that means, you know, we've got these different experiences, right? But those experiences are what that are what connects us to each other. The, the, those shared experiences. I'm really interested in that, um, just from a personal point of view. But you know, let's because we're here to talk about what happens. You know, how does this? How is this relevant in the workspace environment? So, you know, how does how does human to human connection come into play at work? You know, in a, in a in any kind of situation, particularly from your experience. You know, because you've worked across different different types of organisations, you must have seeing different examples of this showing up yeah definitely so i think i think what's important to remember is that everybody everybody at work has has that has their own role and, mm. and, and that role contributes towards in my view the the success or failure of how an organization is going to be able to run its business so remembering that regardless of that role people are at the heart and are intrinsic to being able to foster a really supportive and accepting work culture mm that really for me it's always been at the at the crux of it is people want to feel heard they want to feel valued they want to feel fulfilled yeah and if one of those things is is out of sync then it really knocks the others and has this massive domino effect which is why we can't really forget amongst all the different dynamics of what it is of of being in a workplace that human connection is really important do do you think that um a little bit you know we 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 kind of over so I'm going to go back, you know, industrial age, you know, when works work really started getting organized on a massive scale. And, you know, do you think over the years, work has, our workspaces have kind of lost that human to human connection, you know, in understanding that actually you, you can't leave your, you know, sorry, I'm mean, let me put this another way, right? Um, you can't leave your personal stuff at home and come to work. I still hear people talking about that. Um, or, you know, now I hear about, well, bring your whole self to work. And I, and I believe that I actually have always believed that you've got to bring your whole self to work, but nobody really understands what that means. And I wonder whether that's something that comes about within this, you know, what you just said, which was that people want to be, be heard, valued and fulfilled. But when it's out of sync, I think those were your words when it's out of sync, it can have that knock on effect. And I I wonder if it, if that's, that's because we don't, we don't have, that recognition of human to human connection at work. Yeah, I think it's it's um, you know where where we started and where we are now in terms of thinking about how industrialized industrialization has has shifted mm. the dynamics of workplace and how you can look at you know how the pandemic has shifted the dynamics of workplace. I think it's you know we have to remember that not every workplace is the same and that working in an office environment is 
very different to working in a warehouse or working in a field or or working, you know, outside with with your hands and yeah. in a different environment. So, I think it's it's um, you know systems have evolved and yeah. frameworks have evolved and and some things for the better and some for the worse. I mean, the the, the majority of the rights that that we experience and have today came as a result of you know huge movements across trade unions and different workplaces to understand that a collective voice was stronger than an individual yeah and that things like you know children shouldn't be in the workplace and we should only work you know eight hours a day and have a day of rest and all those things are are because of you know significant movements through history across the world that have really created what we now see to be as a normal environment yeah um but that's constantly changing and if you think about where where your parents were your grandparents and, and where you are now mm. and what the next generation is coming forward i think the the dynamics of the pandemic have at least from what i can see in, in the uk shifted now what should have always been in place but that's where we are in my view but that's where we are now that the recognition and need for flexible working is at the heart of what's going on you don't have to be sitting in an office to get things done it's useful and if you want to by all means you should do so but i think recognizing that the regular nine to five was built around a society that is no longer the same kind of society Gosh, so that yeah. absolutely that absolutely i really recognize that and i really acknowledge what you've just said there and i think there's quite a lot of things in what you've just shared that I, I'd, I'd like to pick out a bit. Um, and one of the things I want to pick out is, you know, why those different perspectives matter. I mean, you talked about, you know, a supplier versus a service provider, workplace versus shareholder, you know, that, that sort of di that dynamics exist. Why, why do those different standpoints or perspectives matter, perhaps, you know, when we're thinking about human to human connection in the context of um, ESG as a priority or principles that we, we need to be meeting? Yeah, so I think it's important to remember that the, in in my view, the reason why different perspectives matter is is because you've got to be able to bring about more of a holistic view. Yeah, lived lived experience brings about a very different view to a situation versus one where you're speaking from observation. So things like, for example, in journalism, so often you see that that lived experience is is missing mm. from the conversation when you're addressing a specific situation, whether which often then further perpetuates positions of privilege and or a view that we're all the same when actually it completely contradicts what we're what we're trying to get yeah. to. Yeah. And I suppose then that also means that you've got to be able to approach a conversation in a very different way. You've got to be able to pivot, right? That conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So so I suppose we're are we learning new skills as organizations or those skills have always been there. We're just learning to use them differently. And I suppose what I'm thinking about is sort of, you know, that listening aspect, how we listen as an organization um, to to each other, um, particularly when we're quite, you know, organizations can be quite hierarchical. There are a few that are sort of flat structures, but tend to be hierarchical, people in position of power and authority and, you know, um, influence. That all sort of comes about in those different perspectives as well, I suppose. And I, I'm just listening to you. I'm just thinking about how well do we do we develop the skill and capability around listening when all of those challenges exist, those power structures exist and so on. So I'm thinking about, 
how this might show up at work, you know, in terms of as an example, where have you seen it work really, really well? And, you know, where have you seen it perhaps having a bit of a negative impact when it's missing? Um, I think it's taking into account where we were and, and where where we are now. I think it's it's you know, I think it works brilliantly when people have, have an avenue to share their, their wants or concerns and that information is is, you know, reviewed and acknowledged and, and addressed. And I think when those requests um, that they don't always have to be fulfilled as long as people in, in my view, as long as people are, you know, kept in the loop as to how how that that particular point or, or request is being addressed and why it may or may not be possible at this time. I think communication is really critical to that um, to that space and and that it's really there to to be at the heart of recognizing that that's that's for me the the, the fundamental point around mm. that kind of successful human to human connection. I'd say that the same really applies negatively as well is that with that, that lack of direct and clear communication is is often where that frustration builds and yeah. where negative impacts end up coming up because it feels as though you're not being heard or acknowledged so you're you know retaliating or defensively reacting to what's going on when it's ultimately about information not you know sometimes it'll be because the request hasn't been met and that didn't work but mm-hmm. i think often it's because people just feel in the dark and that darkness is what ends up perpetuating that human nature position of frustration rather than a level of understanding as to why something is going on and what's yeah. happening to try and move it forward yeah and you know who who let's let's call it out who and how are, you know who's been impacted and how have they been impacted who who do you see I as think- as the as the range of individuals that have actually been impacted by you know what we're talking about so for example what i what i suppose i mean is you know you you've talked about um where it works brilliantly and where it where perhaps there's a negative impact when it's when it's not there and and i suppose there are you know if there's if 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 people are unable to share their concerns then i suppose i i suppose wh- where am i going with this i suppose what what i'm trying to ask is you know are there certain groups who are affected more than others i suppose in terms of that understanding when it's missing i think there's there's inherently within a, a work context there there are going to be groups of people who are you know affected differently than others through the nature of who they are not so much in terms of how they act but mm. you know the 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 response and and experience of a you know woman versus a man or somebody of a marginalized gender or you know someone who's black versus somebody who's you know south asian mm-hmm. the, all those different dynamic or you know they're they're from a migrant community or they don't speak the language of of where they're working i think those are all elements that contribute towards a level of needing to recognize that yes we're all people but my needs are not the same as your needs and and that you can you know kind of take a take an approach to look at how to you know say that oh well if i put in to put in this change that's going to help you know the majority of people who are here i think without looking at things from from a kind of needs based approach and understanding mm. 
what are the different um, perspectives, what are the different dynamics that need to be considered, then it, it's, not as, it's not as easy as just having a one size fits all. You know, yes, there are things like health and safety and regulation and, and, and you know, legal requirements that need to be in place in workplaces. But I think the understanding the dynamics of what different groups bring to the table and even within those groups, they're still individuals. So you still need to understand what those needs are, I think is really important. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose then, you know, from, from a leadership point of view, if, if leaders are trying to further their ESG agenda within the workplace, then there's some some key things that perhaps need to happen. So I, I wonder, you know, perhaps, you know, what, what are the, for example, the the business and commercial benefits of of, uh, you know, thinking about this from the point of view of human-to-human connection, human-to-human equity, creating that sort of environment where that can flourish? I think the business benefits, in, in my view, are, are a combination of things. So employee satisfaction, feeling supported and listened to, retention and attraction to a role, as, there's a, as ultimately there's a culture that, that really supports the acknowledgement that we all have to be working together to, to succeed. We spend a lot of our life working Mm. so it's important for people to feel that the time and effort that they put into their workplace is recognized and appreciated through a supportive culture as well as where possible financially as well i think pay is pay is absolutely fundamental within the conversation but it's not the solution or the be all and end all because there are times where you know money is thrown at somebody to try and keep them when they left and or, or planning to leave and and you know comments of of them wanting to feel valued and everything mm-hmm. else but the reason why they wanted to leave was was for a whole host of reasons so i think it's being able to recognize that value across what that word means mm-hmm. um ahead of time rather than waiting for those those potential negative situations that we've talked about before um could come up yeah, and and do you think that 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 imp that those commercial benefits? So clearly, there's a link with the bottom line, isn't there? You know, um, historically, we've talked about the business case for diversity, for example, from a bottom line perspective. But actually, you know, this 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 wider conversation around human to human connection, human to human equity within the ESG agenda, for example, um, there is a clear there is a clear link, and I I, I think there's a clear link to to the bottom line and you know i suppose the question is is beyond that commercial benefit what else needs to happen so i think the bottom line shifts all the time which is why it's hard to get to the kind of crux of what needs to change value so thinking about it from a supply chain perspective value through the supply chain needs to be distributed more evenly Mm. than it currently is but this only comes if each actor is, is really ready and willing to, to work together to make those changes to actually happen and, and changes that'll support and, and build each other up. Mm. Businesses need to make money whilst supporting and uplifting those workers who make that possible and they so that they can support each other rather than being at the expenses of one another. So I think the, the landscape of responsible business mm. is growing exponentially and not to say at all that everything has been solved but i think it, it's a very even in the you know 10 15 years i've i've been in this space and and that's relatively you know young in comparison to others who've been mm, working the, mm, the, the yeah. landscape has changed quite quite a bit which is 
encouraging, but there's definitely still a road ahead of us. So do you think it's actually shifting? Do you think our world is shifting in the right direction? I mean, it all sounds really good, but are we at, is, there actually, is there actually a shift happening? I, I think, yes, I think, I think the world is shifting. I think the issues that we've seen for, for so long are moving, but I also think that there's things that have gotten worse. So I think, you know, to the point you mentioned earlier, I think the pandemic has, has shined a light on what a lot of us have known for a long time, which is that existing models don't fundamentally work anymore. And that now is an opportunity to, you know, you'll have read and seen about the, the phrase of, you know, building back better. I think it really, nobody could have predicted, you know, two years ago that the whole world would effectively shut down mm. and we really would have an opportunity if we wanted to, to reset what has been building over hundreds and hundreds of years. So yeah. I think it's, you know, really important to, to rather than trying to go back to what it was to, to try and think about, you know, a lot of success has inherently been at the expense of others. Um, how can we look at, you know, instead of thinking about it in, as an individual, you know, one by one approach, how can we work together to actually uh, change those models and look at, look at um, taking things forward in a more collective view? We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organisation. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.